Hello, and welcome to the Biblically Centered Podcast. Yes, hi. <laughs> my name is Johnny Jordan, and this is my wife, Danica Jordan. Hello. Um, we appreciate you guys being here, listening to this podcast. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're moving on to our Virtue C today. We are. Uh, but before that, I'm going to have Danica grace us with our mission statement. I would love to. Biblically Centered equips your family with knowledge and conversations for you to live and defend your Christian faith. That's right. Would you like to go ahead and read Virtue C for us? I we would can go to. ahead and dive into that. Yes. Virtue C, we confess our sins and choose to commit our lives to Christ Jesus. So if you've been listening to our previous ones, you'll notice a theme. Today we are finishing out the Trinity. So we started with uh, God the Father in our first one about pursuing holiness mm -hmm. and giving him reverence. And then our virtue B was about um, believing that the Holy Spirit gives us discernment. And so this one is, um, again, I just read it, but confessing our sins and choosing to commit our lives to Christ Jesus, which... I think as Christian parents, that's the goal, if not a big goal of raising kids to know um, God and to accept Christ so that they can receive salvation. And yeah. Yep. So in terms of one of our favorite things to do each episode is give you guys a little definition. Um, and so today's definition, we are doing commit. All right, so commit is to give trust to or entrust, to throw, put, or lay upon. Right. And I would say, I mean, definitions A are always helpful. I think they always can add more weight to the words that we're actually using. So to just look at that second part, to throw, put, or lay upon, you could almost, I don't know why it came to my mind, but rock climbing and like you have put your trust in your rope, which you have thrown or laid upon somewhere higher. And now you are climbing to get there. So like you are fully entrusted on this thing that you have committed to do. Um, and so it's not just like our, our commitments are weighty. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, that was a good metaphor. Did you come up with that yourself? I did. I literally just thought about that way to go. Wow. I've never, well, I have been kind of, we've been rock climbing, but it's been like a decade. I don't know if you call it rock climbing. Hill climbing? It's like rappelling. <laughs> Repel. Yes, there you go. I did not actually climb up, I guess. Yeah. It was fun, though. It was. Okay, so obviously, um, Christ Jesus, this is a significant topic. He is the second member of the Trinity, um, and he is fully God. He is sourced in God, and all things are accomplished through him. So he's not just this secondary character in the Bible. He is God with him in the beginning, um, just like the Holy Spirit. And so um, obviously it's important that we are able to differentiate between the three um, and show that to our children. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, we got a few verses we're going to go through real quick. Um, I'm just going to read through these. So if there's anything you want to add in, Danica, feel free. Okay. Just cut me off. All right, so Acts 4.12 says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Okay, I'm going to cut you off. Go for it. Okay. Um, so I would just stress that in today, that verse is so important because I think a lot of us, um, or not a lot of us, but a lot of 
some Christians or some people think that there are multiple ways to get to heaven or there are multiple ways to be saved or it doesn't really matter exactly what we believe because, you know, you keep saying your God is a God of love and mercy. And so like, he'll just, he'll just like open the gate and we'll just all get to walk in. But this verse clearly says that there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men, which must be saved. And so I just think as sometimes a harsh that sounds, it means that we have to fully understand who God is in order to get there. So it is very um, important that as we're studying God's word and praying that we are, again, we talk about all the time, allowing him to transform us, but that means our understanding. And so God is loving and he is merciful. He wants everyone to know him, but just like there's kind of an order to things in life, there is an order to how you are to be saved. And so we we need to stress that importance of, yes, God's character does love, obviously, everything he's created, but like he made a specific order to do things mm-hmm. because he is a God of order. And so we have to respect that order in our relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. And like we said in the first episode, I believe, about God being holy yeah. um, plays into that fact. So he's a holy God before he's a loving God. Right. Which is sometimes um, not the messaging that we hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Romans 3.25 says, whom God put forward as a propipi. <laughs> all right. Romans 3.25 says, Whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. Mm-hmm. And then 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Yes. So all these verses and the verses we'll read later in the episode, they all um, sit around three points. One, Jesus's death was necessary. I mean, God in his omniscient foreknowledge um, knew that that was what was going to have to be done to accomplish us being able to be reunited with him. And so his death was necessary. Um, he, He alone provides a path to God, which we just talked about. Like that is the only way it's not like any religion or whatever because he'll just look past it all it's like no that is the only way and then people must accept Jesus to have eternal life so we do have a choice and we have to accept that which you know for some people might be really easy like oh I just really need I really need this hope I really need this help and for others it can be like a big deal. Like you're giving over control of your life. (laughs) You are giving over your tendencies to do selfish things and do whatever you want to do to submit to someone other than yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it's just important that we, we figure out how to communicate that to our children and help them see. I think different kids have different personalities just like we do. So some of them, We'll welcome with open arms and others. It's going to maybe take 
that realization that this is a better way than the way I'm doing it. Right. And it's also important to um, see if I can communicate this is to try to get God, not just in our heads, but in our hearts right? Um, and to communicate that to our children as well. Mm -hmm. Um, That God is not just an idea that we need to know a lot about. And I know I've said this in previous episodes about, you know, people who seem to make it their goal to have perfect theology for the sake of having perfect theology, not necessarily for the sake of getting to know Christ deeper. Um, And, you know, I'm convinced that there's going to be plenty of people not in heaven or people in hell who... Uh, have great theology, but never knew God. Yeah, they knew a lot about Him, right? But never actually knew Him, and so, um, so that's something for us. Even even as we go through this, is making sure we're not going down this path of being so focused on um, communicating these messages that we're not taking the time to see how these messages are transforming our own lives. Right. Because we want our kids not just to. S- not just for us to sit down with them and, and teach them about God, but we want them to see Christ in us. Yeah. I don't want them to be like, yeah, my dad knows a lot about Jesus. I want them to see my dad acts a lot like Jesus. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's a, a unique distinction. Um, so. Right. Well, and I think by having these 26 virtues, you are painting a picture for your children that they can continue to refer back to. You know, it's not like, oh, we believe it because it's in the Bible. Good luck finding out in there, you know, but it's no, we're going to equip them to know like we want them to reflect Christ's love as as him. And we want we want them to be um, united in cooperation and disciplined and all these different virtues that we have that we'll discuss later, but Mm. we're giving them a clear cut. Like here's just 26 easy, like here you go. And then they can say like, Oh, do my mom and dad reflect this? Are, am I like, it kind of holds our whole family accountable and not just parent to child, but child to parent as well. Yeah. Um, um, and so earlier you mentioned God's holiness, which takes us back to virtue number A, but um, or letter A, letter A, sorry. Um, but God is just and holy. And so he must act in judgment towards sin. If God were to overlook sin, that would make him imperfect and people would be allowed to do whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just, again, something to really think through, um, not in. And I think also what you are hinting at, it's not so that we are legalistic or that we're just rule abiding, because obviously it's more than that. It's it's embedded inside in our heart and it's our whole heart posture on these matters. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's very true. If we think about like if God were to just allow everyone, then that means that he has basically given us a thumbs up to every choice we've made in our life. And that's not holiness, mm-hmm. you know, like he would be just accepting us in unholy and imperfect and, um, he wouldn't be holy. He wouldn't be who he is. Right. 
<clears throat> All right, so 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's just, I mean, I know this is basic, you know, a lot of people know that verse or know the, the concept of that verse, but it's just such a important thing to make sure that we're communicating to our kids and that we are fully understanding is just the fact that Jesus literally knew no sin. What was, oh man, I read a quote this week. It was like, Jesus knew no sin, but took on our sin and we knew no righteousness, but now we're taking on his righteousness kind oh, wow. of thing. Something along those lines. Um, wow, I like what, that a lot. Yeah, but like the exchange that happened there. Yeah. So First John 2, 1, 2 says, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. Yeah. And I think that just, that verse right there gives us hope that, what does it say? If anyone does sin, which, hello, everyone, we have an advocate with the Father Christ Jesus. And so what that means is he will, once we've accepted him into our heart and committed our lives to him, he will advocate on our part to the Father so that when we do leave this life, we no longer just stand by ourselves on account of our sin, because if we were to only do that, then obviously all of our sin would be held against us. But we are seen in light of Jesus. Um, I forget the exact, but it was something like when, when we stand before him, God is the judge and Jesus is actually going to come in and stand, or you could imagine this, he would come in and stand between us, us and God and say, you know, because of what I've done, I'm, I am allowing them or I am giving them the okay to, um, to write off their sin kind of a thing. Um, I didn't explain that very well, but (laughs) I think I got it. Oh, well, yeah. Um, but just that idea of, of yes, of course. Yeah. Um, but it really is, we it won't just be us held up. It will be us held up almost hidden and within Jesus and who he is. And then, um, and then all of our sins will not be counted against us. So, um, I think that's really humbling. Um, and I know one of our later virtues goes into being humble and admitting our mistakes, but that really, cause again, we, we don't want these to be legalistic, right? We want them to be relational, to foster the idea of relationship with God. And so I think when we go over this and the nature of who Jesus is, A, he was total humility um, to do this for us. But I think it should usher us to a place of that same humility of knowing you know, all these sins, but also there's so much hope in that, you know, mm-hmm. to think that, oh my gosh, I've messed up or I've done this or that. Um, J- Jesus literally his sin or not his, sin, his blood has covered all of our sin. And I think we can find so much hope in that. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's the basics of our faith, but it's often one of the most, you know, mm-hmm. overlooked Okay. Um, Romans 10, 9 through 10. 
Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And I think that verse, everyone's heard that verse. I'm sure every church has, I'm sure your church uses it often. But it's it's two parts. So you believe and then you speak it. And um, for our children and for us, I think there's a lot, you can you can hear them speak it and they can hear you speak it. Um, but then we're trusting that the work has been done to their heart and to our heart. And so there is an aspect of trust, I think, with raising children in general, like you trust they're going to turn out okay and you trust they're going to make good decisions and you trust that. But, um, this one is a, is a big one, you know, like you have to trust the salvation of their soul to God Mm -hmm. and trust that you are preparing them well and equipping them well. And I think that's really hard, especially for people. Maybe if you weren't equipped well yourself and you're really, floundering or you're not really sure or I'm taking them to church and they're in private school or we're homeschooling or we're doing you know like I think we can try to make sure that we're checking all these boxes Mm -hmm. to make sure that like okay they're gonna get it and it's like well that's good and that adds but then ultimately there's that trust to the Lord of praying and knowing that only he can do a work in their heart Mm -hmm. Um, but we want to prepare that ground on a daily basis And so I think these virtues are helping, you know, kind of cultivate and break apart that ground in their heart so that it is soft to receive that. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, like you were saying, it's also about how we act too, because if we aren't also showing these same qualities, it's not, it's not going to click or they're, they're going to hear us say one thing and they're going to see us do another Mm -hmm. and actions speak louder than words so it's our whole life but God has entrusted us with our children he's entrusted you with your children and I think just take confidence in that Mm -hmm. um so there's a DC talk album I listened to um when I was a kid Jesus Freak and second song colored people I think it was that song there was a quote and I wish I knew I probably should look this up but I'm gonna see if I can get this quote right I'm trying to think of the song but the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge who acknowledge Christ with their lips, but then walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. Oh, wow. Um, and he says, that's what an unbelieving world finds unbelievable. So even, even more for us as parents with our kids, because our kids are the ones who, you know, are looking at us under a microscope because they have a close up view of us each and every day. Um, and, let it not be said of us as parents that the reason our kids don't believe is not because of what they were taught, the church they went to, the friends they have, but because they just never really saw Christ in their parents. And if their parents are the one teaching about Jesus, but they can't even show Christ to them, then what is this really? Yeah. Well, and I think as we get further in these virtues, you'll see that we there is grace there, right? That God has offered us, that Christ has offered us that are in the things we do. Like he, he gives us grace. Um, 
because we're not perfect and we never will, even though we are trying. But we have virtues like forgiveness and humility and mercy and love. And so even if you make a mistake, I think that's what I just keep wanting to speak to is it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like each day it says God gives us new mercies every single day. And as a mom, as a as a stay-at-home mom, homeschooling, <laughs> I feel like sometimes I've asked for grace and new mercies like every hour mm-hmm. or every minute some days. You know, it's like, okay, let's reset, please. <laughs> but yeah. the thing is, is when you do that in a manner that is honoring God, I think your children will see that. They will continue to see that our walk with God, again, I think we said probably in the first episode, it's not just a one and done. Like, okay, I'm a Christian. Cool. My whole life's together. Like, no, like it is a constant transformation, um, that sanctification process. And I think that is something that's so humbling and so beautiful for our children to witness Mm -hmm. because we want them to know that they'll receive the same grace and mercy on their own life. And so if we're showing them like very rigid, like I can't make a mistake, like that's not allowed, they're they're not going to understand God's grace. So um so just know that and be it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> what happened this morning? What happens today? What happens next week? Like it's okay. And I think sometimes we can think like these are big moments. My children's going to remember this and it's and it's like ultimately the reality is they probably won't. And if you offer forgiveness for yourself, if you ask forgiveness from them, I think that's a big, bigger witness to the person of Christ than you just being perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. Like they have to see you act through these things so that they themselves know how to act through them as well. Yeah. The important distinction is just the fact that parents that you're involved in your kids, they're not seeking perfection from you. Mm-hmm. They're just seeking intentionality. And it's okay, just like Danica said, that we make mistakes, that we aren't perfect all the time. But just like Danica said, also that they see grace and forgiveness in us. There's a lot of kids out there who don't get that from their parents. They don't get um, any sort of apologies or I'm sorry, or asking for forgiveness or showing their kids the areas that they've messed up in and how they're seeking to improve or how they're asking God to help. All these things. There's a lot of kids that don't see that. So. Um, it's just important that you don't beat yourself up whenever you're not the perfect parent because none of us are even the ones on Instagram with the pretty perfect profile pics who do a family photo shoot every weekend and the perfectly fall colored matching outfits. They are not perfect families either. So don't let that be your filter in which you see yourself. (laughs) Right. Well, and what you just said, I would say, I think. I think that's evident in our culture today, right? Maybe a lot of kids grew up maybe not seeing love in the way that they would have received it well. And so they're finding love and acceptance not from Christians. They're finding it from from everyone else. And so <laughs> So we want to help create I these virtues were written very intentionally so that we will help to create well-rounded Christ-centered children. Mm-hmm. So they see the full picture of who God is, how we can, how we can truly be image bearers of Christ. Um, and I, we, we are hopeful that it will create children who are 
rooted and grounded and strong in their relationship with God and won't go looking this way or that way for those things. Right. Yeah. And I like the example you gave earlier about our job as parents is tilling the soil for our kids, like making that soil soft. Mm -hmm. So at the point of salvation, um, like the ground is ready to receive. And so, and just like you said, just then with the roots. So now the, the soil is ready. So the roots can begin to grow deep. Yeah. Um, so that's all. Um, anything else you would like to throw in Danica before we wrap up? Um, I just really enjoyed today. Mm -hmm. I think always, we always have pages and pages and I feel like we could keep going. Yeah. Um, but we're not going to do that. You've got other things to do. Um, but we thank you for listening to us. We know your time is valuable and whether you were listening while you had crazy kids in the backyard, back, back of your car out yonder yonder, (laughs) or whether you snuck into a room just to eat your chocolate in peace or you're in the car line (laughs) um we appreciate it and we would love it if you could like and subscribe and send it to your friends and family um because we would we believe god's given this to us to share with others and so we would love to share it with more people it's true yeah very very true um but again thank you so much for listening um we're releasing episodes every week got a lot of stuff on our website biblicallycenter.com there's some freebies on there also some new things coming up in the future so uh stay tuned as they say in the olden broadcast days (laughs) um yeah we'll see you guys next time thank you very much bye